narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Hi, Sandy Bacon. It's so nice to see you. Bacon, Hi, guys. Say. You guys are so smart. You make my head hurt. Oh, I love no, no, it makes you. my head hurt because he also knows everybody. It's not that he's just yes. so smart about everything. He knows everyone we're talking about all the time. And it's like, wow, how do you even keep a memory of all that? But uh, he's good at that. You know, I was in uh, speaking of Epstein, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of an expert. I was uh, I, I was at a stakeout at the fundraiser. Oh, the, that same fundraiser. Yeah. fundraiser, right? And his neighbor across the street is Bill Cosby. Yep. Yeah, I was really? going to mention. You know that, that right? Yeah. 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 And the guy from Oh, he was the crying after 9/11, he was the crying CEO. Howard Lutnick, Howard Lutnick right? He lost everybody next door. in his next door. Yeah. Right. That was where he, the fundraiser and he, was. And and right, Howard Lutnick door. bought his townhouse from Jeffrey Epstein's brother. Epstein's brother brokered that deal. Really? Wow. Yeah. And I, I told you he knows everybody and he knows everything. Yeah. I was there yeah. that night too. I, so I saw you, Sandy, because I rode my oh, bike by and I said, What's oh, really? going on? Yeah. I didn't said, know you I, then. Because <laughs> I go to a meeting down the street every, and I happen to be like right on Madison, 70th and Madison. So I happened to go by and I said, What's going on? And they're like, The president's in town. And I saw Steve Wynn, who doesn't leave I, Las yes, Vegas anymore. My God. He's blind, basically. And He's he was so being led weird through looking. the. Right. He was being led by his assistant through the crowd. Yeah. And I was like, wow, his it's a big assistant. deal if they made Steve come out here. Yeah. Right. Oh, he, he was really, he was pissed because he couldn't get through yeah. the uh, barricade. Oh, exactly. yeah, he walked right past me. I didn't know who he was. Yeah. yeah. But I just want to say one thing about that house. I was also in the Epstein, the SDNY press conference when he was arrested and nobody knew that he was going to be arrested, only the FBI. And they fired Berman, by the way. They fired the head of the SDNY who, nailed him and nobody knew that he was going to be arrested they got him at teeterboro when his plane landed and when they raided that apartment that townhouse whatever there were 1700 pictures of naked semi-clothed provocative underage girls on the wall right yeah mm. you and and he had this uh massage room that you were referring to noel and he brought everybody right. to see the massage room it was part of his thing you can't have gone into that place without knowing what he was up to Thank it's you. impossible because he was exactly. so proud of it well right? he he was right. proud of it and he was also trying to entrap people so that's why he had the pictures up in the first place hey uh, sandy you've done this incredible TikTok, which i'm so impressed by because what you've done yeah. in a minute by minute basis is look back at january the 6th and there's a few things that really stand out. I want to get to the thing that really stood out to me, which was the, the five sort of minutes, or maybe it was more like 15 minutes between 10 past two till, till about maybe 2.30 or so. But before we do that, what are the things that stood out to you earlier on in the day? Uh, well, first of all, there were no cops. I was at the, I was talking to another journalist who was there and we were in Charlottesville together and we follow right-wing extremism. And any time that there are Proud Boys or any kind of potential problem like that, the cops are just, they would swoop down, the, the DC cops swoop down on their bicycles, like you talk about jumping out of the, the bushes. You know, they, mm -hmm. you know, the other two stopped the steel rallies. 
there were dust-ups with the Proud Boys, and the one on December 12th was very violent. There were four stabbings involving Proud Boys. On, wow. that, that More Proud Boys than we'd ever seen in our lives. But the cops were everywhere. And during the Kavanaugh hearings, you can't get into those buildings and protest. You can't bring a sign. And the minute you start chanting, they, they come and they arrest you. I was one where Amy Schumer was arrested. Amy Schumer was arrested you know, protesting Kavanaugh. And then when they're ready for their civil disobedience, they all sit down and they start screaming like crazy. And the cops come from everywhere and they arrest the press also. They tried to arrest me. So the fact that those people were in there for, I got there at one and I left at 5.30. And I never saw one cop because I didn't know what was going on in the front because it was such chaos. And you also said that at 10.30 they were there as well, doing a- like, like The Proud Boys, Proud Boys met. So this is yeah. doing a reconnaissance visit around? Is that the implication there? Well, all the people in that Proud Boys video that I, they were, they arrived at 10.30 that morning at the Washington Monument and they left at 10.41. They didn't stay there long. They were all wearing orange caps. They weren't wearing any Fred Perry shirts. They were, mm. they had decided that they were going to go incognito. Their leader, Enrique, had been arrested. I remember when he was arrested. It was always fishy to me that he was arrested. I thought that was so he could it's really interesting at the 10 30 let's just say that they were there and they took a bit of a, uh, a tour around the place but then we get to what happens at around the 12 15 they reach through the outer perimeter of the capital right that then 1253, we, 1253 1253 1255 there was a there was a i was on the the front side of the kind of classic you look up and it's got the dome of the capital here i'll help you put this, <clears> that's I, the I've, west I've side. changed these on the fly just before we got oh. on the show because we had some different numbers oh. But I'm sorry, I, and I that was my bad. So tell us exactly where you were stationed. Okay, I was stationed. Is this the Mob Breaches Capital West? Okay, I'm number five. Around number five. So that's I right. came, see, there's a, uh, up at the top of your thing, there's a, I stand and there's a little statue there. It looks like a little needle thing on it in the upper left hand corner of your screen. That's I where the original there, breach happened, where that statue is. We see some cars parked there in between the two, yeah. level, in between number one and number five. You see there's yeah. some cars parked in the far end. It was a barricade. That's the barricade and that's the initial yeah. breach. They, 1253 and they weren't wearing any protective gear because Chris Miller had written a letter on January 4th that nobody's talking about saying that the cops couldn't wear any protective gear right. and that they had to leave the the protesters right. alone. It, it was so bizarre. And, no, and they get them up there on Capitol Hill and nobody asks them this question about the letter. Now, I find this fascinating. I find the fact that you were able to show us in your TikTok these five critical moments that happened. And they only happened between, what, 2.11 and 2.45, I think is what you said? Yes. So yes. we're talking so about 35 minutes of time. That the Well, it was... But it was in the in my it's a minute by minute minute breakdown of the thing. the the first The first time the National Guard should have been called was at twelve fifty three, <laughs> because there were like thousands of people. They right. first a, a small group was the group that was it, that I had filmed. All of the Proud Boys they they had it. They were named something. They were called the mercenary self-defense the something self-defense they, they were all the people that were indicted for conspiracy there was they showed they showed up there and then they were the first to breach so it, it 2 11 Pizzola breached right 
So the, the uh, right by that little, those little rows, two rows of trees there in your upper screen, <clears throat> the barricade was just by those bottom trees. So uh, which, I'm going to move the number one here. Scared. So we make sure we put it in the right place. Where is it? Tell me if I'm going in the right place here. I think, I th ooh, that's cool. How did you do that? Uh, it's uh, it's uh, a keynote, yeah, that. basically. Now there were scaffolding up for the inauguration, mm -hmm. right? There was two things of scaffolding. Right. And there were so many people there that once they broke through the main barricade, then they got up to the steps. So their goal was to get into the Capitol. Right. And, and they just started fighting with these cops. There was a handful of cops there. And they're completely outnumbered and ill-equipped to handle. So why the, why the Capitol Police and the National Guard weren't called in when they had started this hand-to-hand -hand combat Oh yeah, they should have been uh, called in right away. It's at twelve fifty-three. They should have been. They should have been there beforehand. Let's be completely honest. There's no way that there was no good reason to stand down no. the National Guard. No. The only and reason they come up with is that they claim it was for optics. So they were concerned about. No. But People I mean, what died. optics? You let this the optics that you died. got were way worse. So I'd rather have the police standing there off, off against no, these guys guy, than allowing them Chris in. Miller, Chris Miller and his uh, pals. <clears throat> They were uh, put in to do exactly what they did on January 6th, on November 13th. It was 11th or the 13th. Trump fired everybody in all the brass in the Pentagon, and everybody goes, what the hell is he doing that for? Well, yeah. this is why he did it, because yep. the, the police situation in D.C. is so bizarre that you can't call the Capitol. You have to go through a chain of command. It has to be the sergeant at arms. and So every time they'd ask for help, which is on my little thing here, they were slow walk, they were denied, out and out denied. When and did you have the, the first request for help actually coming down? Uh, when was yeah, it? Yeah, so this guy Sund, was he the Capitol Police guy? I think he was the Capitol Police guy, it's correct. Sund yeah. was... Former Capitol uh, Police guy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah, so Sund was alerted that they were, that they had breached the, they'd gotten to the windows, and that was about one o'clock. Now, Trump is still speaking now. Mm -hmm. He was an hour late. When the first breach occurred, Trump is still talking. Right, right. He was giving them cover, right? I think he said that at 159 so, was when he he received, Sun received the first reports that rioters have breached the windows. Yes, 159, right, right exactly. Reached the windows now, they had been fighting for 1253, 153, you know, a good hour, maybe right. longer at that point. And now they're, and now they're doing hand-to-hand -hand combat. And one of my photographer friends, Stephanie Keith was there photographing the going towards the tunnel, the famous tunnel shot. And another friend shot the guy being crushed in the, yeah. in the tunnel. Stephanie said when she was shooting them and she was a veteran of Charlottesville and she's, she said there was a bloodlust in their eyes. She'd never seen anything like that before. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That they were there. There was a bloodlust. So, so anyway, so they got up here by, uh, the number one who's, area and then they got they? up into the steps this is the, 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 rioters the, the about. rioters but what happened was that once they breached that little flimsy barricade then thousands you look behind it there was thousands of people some say thirty thousand people and they were screaming so you're talking in. about here it starts off here and then at twelve fifty three, they break through here right yeah exactly. then they start then making they their way up the, here to yeah, the yeah, stairs yeah yeah, yeah. And, and then the cops held them at bay for a while 
somewhere there on the first landing. Yeah, I agree with you. That's sort stairs. of what happened. And then we, yeah. it's only at two eleven, as you see here in number two, that they actually storm up the stairs. And now what yes, you're and adding to this Zola. mixture in here is that at 159, Sand receives his first report that the rioters mm -hmm. had reached the windows. So this is when he yeah. first calls for the National Guard at 159. Is that correct? He calls. No, because that wasn't the he can't call who the only person that can call the National Guard is Who? the President of the United States. Okay, so what? So then he starts going so, up the chain, doesn't he? I think. And, was, and and Chris Miller, remember Chris Miller kept saying, "Well, did you talk to the President?" He says, "I didn't need to. I was given all the authority." Right. Did you Did you catch that in his interview? I did catch. <laughs> I was that, given actually. all the authority I needed. He knew exactly what he was doing. So uh, at one fifty nine, he asks. It says. At 1.34, Mayor Bowser asked Army, Se Army Secretary, uh, Secretary Ryan McCarthy, another McCarthy, for federal help. She's the mayor. Mm -hmm. He reports to Miller. Nice. Bowser told the request must come from the Capitol Police. So they stonewalled them. Right, they changed the they, rules, right? Because instead of it being heard directly, they now had to go to the Pentagon to get exactly. the permission. Exactly. So which is never the go, case so before. They had the Capitol Police, I forget who says they but it's not the mayor like normally in new york city the mayor would call up you know but let's yeah. go through this so now you've got them reaching the windows and now you okay. said at 211 pozzola breaks through the window the north, and the it's window. somewhere around here we think right maybe yes. somewhere out there the then, window on the north west. this is the north side up here so this is uh, as I, he throws a it was, it's this the is the north first side picture you see he throws yeah yes exactly he throws a what do you call it shield a, shield. Shield. a glass shield. shield like a plastic a, shield yeah. And so then, at this by this time, the mob at at number position number two over here starts. Mm -hmm. sto this is all the way around here. All this whole area that they've gathered here, they start storming the steps where they've been held back between twelve fifty three and two eleven. They've been held back, but at this point, they start storming through. Is that yeah. correct? And that's when. Oh, and one. There's one other thing, though. At at that, so two eleven Zola, right? And at two twelve. A friend of mine, Ron Haviv, a still photographer, war photographer, was on the other side, which is the southwest. This is the number two is over where you here. have number two. Yes. So yeah. this is the rioters so, uh, are now breaking through the window over there. Of the second, yeah. And that breach took them right to the where the officer was trying to hold back the crowd that was already inside from the other side. He was trying to take Goodman and it, the, the hero, and he's trying to take them away from right. So this, take this, them, subvert them, whatever the word is. Yeah. Is there some thinking that these rioters at two twelve here at the bottom at this number two mark, they broke in and then they maybe let some others in? Is that what I saw if, on your yeah, sheet? Yeah, I. That they opened I, the doors for others. Yeah. Yeah, once they got in, oh, oh, that's it. It's number this number two. We have two twos. I do because okay. we had to catch up and change these things at the oh, I'm just so before sorry. we started. But I can what? Oh, I'm so I can make sorry. this. Well, we're doing three. okay. We're doing. I'm doing can make this a number three. Anyway. So confusing. I can make this a number four, and we'll be right there. <laughs> okay. So, um, right. so that a two twelve, that number three over there is with the air blue arrow was was another breach, and they all wound up. The other thing about the people who went inside, it's like to say how brave they were, because my friend of mine, a woman, Olia from Scootercaster, her her footage is seen all the time in the news. This is FDN news. And she's a, a little thing. And she was so terrified to go inside because she thought they were going to start shooting. 
she assumed they well, would start well, some shooting. Of the semi-automatic weapon we discovered today we just learned that today oh, that it walked in with a semi-automatic weapon well she said to one of the cops she gets pushed in oh, you don't want to get between the protesters and the cops which she wound up and, and then she goes i'm not i'm pressed i'm pressed please don't shoot me she said Let's, let's just see if I can wrap this little sheet up and then we can have one last bit of conversation. Yeah, 215 then, is this correct, is the breach on the yeah, east side. Now, this is the side that's yeah. least protected because there's not yeah. a lot of security around here because they, they planned all their security around the, the other side because that's where they were coming from. That's where the protesters were coming from. So this side was yeah. a little exposed and this mob breach is actually quite horrific. This, uh, whatever happens here on the east side is uh, some of the worst images we've seen of the entire time. Yes. But, and this lasts on from like between 2.15 to 2.45, you said the fighting over there? Something like that, yeah. And then I'm in front over. You're the, over here somewhere, right? Uh, over uh, where. The arrows where down? the fight, where take the, where the capitalism go back. There's a, there's a road there. Mm -hmm. And when I arrived, people were going over the fences. There were these green wire fences and they were, they were going, come on, patriots, it's now or never, take back your country. And when move up move up let the men move up and let the women stay back and we need some fighters you want to fight for your country fight for trump they chant fight for trump so those were all like going up on That's the in front of the Capitol, thousands of them. But what you're seeing essentially between, and then there's one last thing here, the last thing that happened, the last move was the breach of the Capitol from the West. So they broke through this stairs up here and they came through the top here or through the bottom and then they broke through the West side. So between literally, it almost looks like within 10 minutes, they were able to breach four sides of the Capitol. Yeah. Tonight's show is brought to you by Helix Sleep, and they have a special offer for narrative viewers. I've heard it from so many people. The one thing that's changed since January is their sleep. Not waking up worrying about what the president might have done or said or tweeted makes the world of a difference. I don't think I had a good solid night's sleep in four years. And it wasn't only the president. My 10-year-old mattress, which started life as a 12-inch foam mattress, had shrunk to an 8-inch mattress and... Getting out of bed was often more of a slide than a bounce. It was time for a new mattress. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? Changing the course of a country can take a village. Changing the course of your sleep takes a quiz. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash narrative that's the way we spell narrative n-a-r-a-t-i-v that's helixsleep.com slash narrative for up to two hundred dollars off and two free pillows just for you now i'm gonna tell you something about the proud boys and the oath keepers i know they're not watching they're morons they were the soldiers who were the generals general flynn is a general yeah. It uh, was, this was a military, a tactical, I don't know the terms for this it. This is a military is a maneuver. War, it looks like a military maneuver because yeah. they surrounded yeah. the building on all four sides and they- Within five minutes, yeah, minutes they're able to break other. through. This is something they practiced. It's something they were in communication on. It's something that they knew they were going to do at a specific time because it all unfolded at a specific oh. time. Oh. There's no and way you can look at this and say this is coincidental that no, all four sides the, were breached at exactly the same time. Exactly. It just well, it then, must it, have been a pre-rehearsed and orchestrated event. The Oath Keepers communication phone records are really interesting. Yeah. So at one o'clock, the Oath Keepers, they make a total of two calls 
within three minute calls at one o'clock. And then there was a thing with a golf cart. with each other? Said, yeah, well, we don't know. Okay. Some people think they were guessing they were communicating with Roger Stone because they, he, we don't know. They think maybe in the White House. This is what we have to find out. Right. Who were the Oath Keepers communicating with? Because the guys that were the, the Proud Boys, whoever the lieutenants were, there were three. This was the third. This was the third Stop the Steal. And the other two, I followed the Proud Boys and the other two, and they, at night, they would go out to the mall and they would do these weird maneuvers and they would pray like they were going to war. They'd get down on a knee and they'd talk about if they survived. Well, do you think they were this. practicing before when yeah, you went do, to see yeah. them that they, they were at least surveying the land or surveying oh, yeah, what it might yeah. look like? Wow. Yeah. So, and they were communicating on a special channel called Boots on the Ground. You couldn't get a cell. You couldn't get a cell. Right. So there was some kind of app they were using. Okay. The cell was, uh, I wonder if that was turned off for a reason. Now, let me ask you, when you said ah. to me earlier about a golf cart, my ears perked yeah. up because there was apparently reports of a group of them that were stationed not that far away, oh, troops, well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, about yeah. a mile away that might have been the Oath Keepers, was, and they were stationed yeah. there just as backup if they were needed. Talk about a military operation. a golf cart. They yeah. Once the first breach, I believe the timing was, once the first breach occurred, the 211 breach, they hopped in a golf cart, which they had, by the way, at that hotel. They were staying at Freedom Plaza because I filmed Roger Stone. I filmed him, them and Roger Stone at the speech the night before on the 5th. And the Oath Keepers were his security. <clears throat> and he was staying at the hotel across. No, what's that beautiful hotel across the street where Lincoln stayed? Uh, I forget the name of it. It's right across from Freedom I can't Plaza. The name. I know it, but I can't Very famous name. hotel, a beautiful, magnificent hotel. So Roger Stone was staying there and the Oath Keepers took him in and I photographed that. But there, there at one point there was a, a golf cart with Roger Stone the next morning, the morning of the 6th and with the Oath Keepers. So somehow they got a golf cart. Yeah, they, they, they went seem back to, to have the pre-existing pre group of, of them stationed nearby, which I thought was, Fascinating what detail. They, As is all of this, oh, Sandy, this is really well done. Thank you so much for putting this this, this particular five minutes and 10 minutes, I think is misunderstood yeah. by people. I think it feels to everyone like it was some sort of organic, just, you know, no. happened thing that yes, it was intended and they had planned to storm it, but it was, it just naturally unfolded. It doesn't really look like this to me when I look at these five minutes or these 10 minutes here. It looks so coordinated. So we did a show right after it happened. I think I was on your show in the seventh. And they took those barricades, which are called bike racks. They're called bicycle racks in like the nomenclature right. of police. They took those bike racks, immediately took them sideways and started scaling the Western wall. I remember of the you mentioning that. Right. You don't do that by accident. That's not an improvisation kind of move. That's a plan right. for it. We're going up, we're turning these things, we're turning them into ladders. You wouldn't think of that right away because they all did it in concert with each other. Like three or four of them did it at the same time. So somewhere so. they had been practicing this over and over again. They were dressed for battle. That wasn't a normal rally. No, that's for and sure. And I heard no. people saying, well, what are we supposed to do? Like the kind of the normal people out front where, you know, like the mom and pops, they go, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to go around back? Are we so they, they, they knew what they were there for. But yeah. what was going to happen the next day? Were they going to move in? 
Sure. I think Please. they wanted bloodshed. I think they wanted to attack the vice president or, or Pelosi or something, Nancy Pelosi. And I think yeah. that those bombs were crucial. I think those pipe oh, bombs would have gone yeah. off and then Trump could have declared martial law. Martial he could have said, law. there's an attack on our country. I have to stop yeah. everything, stop the count right now. Those guys, yeah. in a way, that MAGA army was like, they were they were rubes you know, are they were they were participating in a con that they didn't see the whole con right. had they been successful in their lot in their violence they would have gotten turned on trump would have turned the military on them but he would have yeah. used that excuse to shut down the country and just so chaos You're absolutely and then he would have, right so smart. And, he, and he would have done what he's doing now after he shut it down and did military law he would have said hey the vote was fake anyway now that we're right. finding out this happened arizona doesn't count georgia doesn't count and he would have thrown it out and we would have still been dealing with it we would have had an astute. acting president yeah. trump wow. right now and that you was know? their plan that was their plan yeah. they had said so many times their intention was martial law and that president trump would still yeah. be the president after right. that date yeah it doesn't look like this to me when i look at these five minutes or these 10 minutes here it looks so coordinated so can, can i, I, can I say one thing yeah, yeah absolutely please. jump in Go ahead. we did a show right after it happened i think i was on your show in the seventh but when i was watching that footage live and i saw the first wave of people that sandy just talked about and they took those barricades which are called bike racks they're called bicycle racks in like the nomenclature right. of police <laughs> They took those bike racks, immediately took them sideways and started scaling the Western Wall. I remember of the you mentioning Capitol. that. Remember you you don't do that. that by accident. That's not an improvisation kind of move. That's a plan right. for it. We're going up, we're turning these things, we're turning them into ladders. You wouldn't think of that right away because they all did it in concert with each other. Like three or four of them did it at the same time. So somewhere so. they had been practicing this over and over again. They had to do this well, this. to do this a coordinated way. They had bulletproof it. vests. All the press we had. I had my gas mask, which I can never put on. Uh, goggles, a uh, hard hat. I don't have a bulletproof vest because I'm just I run. But all of the press had that, and all of them had. They were they were dressed for battle. Mm. That wasn't a normal rally. No, that's for and sure. And I heard yeah. people saying, "Well, what are we supposed to do?" Like the kind of the normal people out front, where you know, like the mom and pops, they go, "What are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to go around back?" And we so they they. They knew what they were there for, but yeah. what was going to happen the next day? Were they going to move in? What, uh, what well, was the plan? Can, can I address yeah, that? Yeah, for sure. I think Please. they wanted bloodshed. I think they wanted to attack the vice president or, or Pelosi or something, Nancy Pelosi. And I think yeah. that those bombs were crucial. I think those pipe oh, bombs would have gone yeah. off and then trump could have declared martial law martial he could have said law. there's an attack on our country i have to stop yeah. everything stop the count right now those guys yeah. in a way that maga army was like they were they were rubes are they were they were participating in a con that they didn't see the whole con right. had they been successful in their lot in their violence they would have gotten turned on trump would have turned the military on them but he would have yeah. used that excuse to shut down the country and just so chaos You're and then he would have, right so smart. And, and he would have done what he's doing now after he shut it down and did military law he would have said hey the vote was fake anyway now that we're right. finding out this happened arizona doesn't count georgia doesn't count and he would have thrown it out and we would have still been dealing with it that we would have had an astute. acting president yeah. trump wow. right now
And that was know? their plan. That was their plan. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can find this tape that I put together of this timeline. They had said so many times their intention was martial law and that President Trump would still yeah. be the president after right. that date. Yes. They you know, said it. You. And you know, right. I have it on tape and I'll play it for you just before we leave the show, at least in a few minutes if I can find it. But it's such a, you're so right. You know, Q this was the, you know what QAnon was saying? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but exactly what Noel said. On the 12th of December, this QAnon woman said, I said, you know, what do you think about all this? And she goes, General Flynn is supposed to tell Donald Trump to declare martial law and have a new election right. overseen by the military. Right. Yeah, it would have exactly. been a junta. It would have been yes. a military junta. I said, and well, they, you could move right. to Venezuela. You right. could just it's basically that. And the person who was involved in all of that, the person who said at the beginning, one of the persons who said at the beginning, we're not gonna, we're not gonna accept the, the election results, were Kevin McCarthy, were Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz. So you, all these big shots within the Republican Party were right there preparing for this coup. They were intending yeah. to take a coup. No wonder they don't want to have an investigation right. because and they were involved in a coup attempt. And their role in it in the weeks leading up to January 6th was to gin up base, was to put the anchor in those folks hey, that would then attack soldiers, the Capitol. Right? Exactly. Right. exactly. Digital soldiers. So, you know, they, they, it, it's, yeah. it's kind of clear. It's clear that, and we can't ignore it. Wow. Because not only is it clear to me that the Republican Party was involved, it's also clear to me that the military was involved. A big chunk of the military was aware of what was going on that day. There's no ways they didn't send in there their the national guard because of optics they didn't say the national no. guard because they wanted to let them into the building they wanted yes. the insurrection yes. they wanted yes. the coup because yes. without the coup they couldn't declare martial law so they needed the events to happen those this yes. incredible four-pronged yes. attack from every side wow. of the of the capital they needed it to happen and that's why there was no national guard and the poor Capitol Police stuck in the middle there, fighting off this entire throng. They were left there by the by the military, left there to die if they needed to, so these guys could get in and have their little political show. Yes. It's clear that, to me that yeah. that's exactly what happened. You're absolutely right. And how yeah. long did it well, take, Sandy? To get to the bottom. The, how long did it take before the police actually did come, the National Guard? At 5.30. 5.30. I, I'm telling you, this is what happened. So at 4.10, there's a couple of videos that I did that I sent to you a while ago. One of them wound up in the congressional record during the uh, impeachment hearing where the guy is reading Trump's tweet. Trump tweeted, I mean, this, this is like five shows worth of stuff. He tweeted at 2.24 saying that Mike Pence didn't have the courage. Right. Meanwhile, they were already inside. He was encouraging them to fight, to keep when did fighting. You say, when did they say it? At what time did, two, they, did he tweet 2 that? 2.24, he tweeted it. So but, this is the, within and, five minutes, within 10 minutes of them breaching every side of the Capitol, yeah, which we just saw he just tweets now, for the first time. he tweets so that they should go after Pence. They're inside for yeah, the first time. And the he, on, on that moment, yeah. he's, he's coordinated enough to know that they're inside and he can then say, go after Pence. And yeah. let's just not, think about that. Right. And, and me, let's also mention that Lauren Boebert is tweeting, the speaker is no longer in the chamber. Right. right. She's giving inside operations via oh, social media me. as to the whereabouts. You wow. Know? Wow, right. wow, wow. I think that's it. That's oh, I haven't wow. thought about that 10 minute gap that they just breached. Yeah. And, and then we just heard from um, the New York Times reporter who did this book on the Secret Service that yes. when oh, Pence yes. gets downstairs to the bunker, they don't have the key. The Secret Service does oh. not have the key. So he's sitting there as a target. 
You're kidding. Yes, and we just I, heard that today. So, wow, wow, that's insane when you think about the President of the United States, former wow. President of the United States, he giving this mob directions as soon as they step inside the Capitol and then telling them to go after the Vice President who is attempting to get into a bunker downstairs but cannot get into the bunker wow. because the Secret Service, which has sworn allegiance to Trump for some reason, has yes. not yeah, got the keys Yeah, they were wearing mega hats. Wow. Yeah, mega hats. Wow. Wow. And then, so at 4.10, a guy comes out, and this guy actually got indicted from my video <laughs> with, a, with the Bullhorns, another show, the Bullhorn people. I remember him. And he, said, and he says, I have a message from the president. This is 4.10 p.m. And he goes, and now they're straggling out, and people are, you know, coughing, and they're bloody, and you know, it's like, like winding down, but they're still fighting. And uh, this guy says, I have a message from the president. And then he reads the tweet. Mike Pence doesn't have the courage, right? And then he encourages them to keep fighting. It's unconstitutional what he did to certify, to not decertify the votes. And then 10 minutes later, another guy who was inside with a bullhorn says, Mayor Bowser wanted to send in the National Guard and the Defense Department said, no, thank you. Hmm. Who said that? Yeah, how did they know that? How did they get they that information? That? I bet you that was General Flynn's brother who was in that wow. Zoom meeting and who knew or that Chris. the that the, two that other the events. Brothers. Yeah. Three. So I think that's what happened. Sandy, so thank you so much. You're amazing. So appreciate you joining us tonight. And we'll have you back on. We'll talk some more in the near future about your incredible discoveries and hopefully we'll have we'll have some tape when you next you come on the show. Yes. Promise. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, okay, I'm going back up here. Thank you so much. She's so amazing. You, I love Sandy. Sandy so much. What a talented, talented uh, journalist she is. We're so lucky to have her in our That's community. Right. The show's almost over, but I, we have to uh, talk about one last thing. Sorry, Sandy. Bye. UFO story? Uh, a UFO story. Egads. What's in the sky? I don't know why people are so obsessing about the UFO thing. I know there was a 60 minutes thing, and I know everyone thinks that now the aliens are coming. But apparently you've, you've seen them, you've spotted them. Yeah, it's like this, all this stuff that's, like I don't talk about this much, but where I grew up in the 80s in the Hudson Valley was known for UFO sightings. I come from a town called Putnam Valley. It's a very kind of blue collar, red state kind of area in upstate New York. So it's not the kind of people that would be given to like, being like, I saw a UFO. Like it's not a new agey type place. Yeah. And there was UFO sightings all the time in the 80s. I sent you all those New York Times articles. Yeah, you did. So it's something like it's been no mystery to me for a long time. And I'm not I don't need to proselytize on it. I my personal belief is it's probably more like technology that was developed here somewhere and like somebody's keeping it super secret than it necessarily is like UFOs. But I'll tell you this story. We don't know what they are, but I don't know that it's brilliant. But so my town very commonplace. The cops would see it. All these people would see it. One day we're driving up this road called Lake Oscawana Road, which is the main road in Putnam Valley. And yeah. my buddy's dad, who's like a Vietnam vet, is driving you know, a bunch of his son's teenage friends in the back of this car. And he, we see it. We see it above the oh, road, wow. like a saucer, like a big flying saucer way up in the wow. sky moving. And we're like, oh, my God, look at that. So we pull off the road into the Putnam Valley Elementary School parking lot and we get out and we look at this thing. This guy's dad is like deer hunter, hardcore Republican, like Vietnam vet guy. And he's like, guys, 
I don't know what that is. I was in Vietnam. Like I've seen every kind of like aircraft our military has. That ain't anything like our government has. Wow. I don't know what it has. And we're like, oh my God. And it took off, right? So we took we off like really quickly. Like just, you, you, it was gone. there for a second and then gone. gone. Wow. Gone. Right? Wow, interesting. No noise either. Right? The same description as you hear now. Exactly. I saw exactly the same thing. So we back in the car we drive up he drops us off to the lake where we sit by the lake on a dock and drink beer it's like a summer night or whatever mm. this is like late 80s and we're telling our friends about it we're like the friends that were already there we're like you guys missed it dude we saw a ufo billy's dad even saw it like it was totally a ufo and we're telling our buddies about it and then our one friend goes there it is and we <sighs> turned around and it was now above the lake but not far away it was like right above the lake it was the size of like 10 football fields, massive, oh, no, completely silent, all these lights going around it, you know, like not making any yeah, yeah, sound, yeah. but all these sort of pulsating lights around the middle. It's a circular, and circular the, thing. Yes, in the middle. And the one thing I could say about it that was weird was that I, in my recollection, and even in that day, there was colors in the lights that I hadn't seen before, if that made any sense. No, it doesn't make like, any sense there was to me. What colors, does that mean? I know. There was colors in the spectrum that my brain couldn't like process, like not wow. green, not green, not red, not yellow. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I, I mean, know I know what you're saying. No I just sense. can't imagine what that looks like because I, I wasn't either. there. Uh, but it I, was I, like a color beyond purple. And it was like yeah, yeah, a different yeah. color that was like, what the hell is that? And anyway, the whole thing was there for a minute or two, and we couldn't believe it. Awe-inspiring, gigantic. Whereas sure. earlier we had seen it way high in the sky. Now it was, was it following the, the lake was where they had a research center in the eighties. Okay. The lake for some reason was like an attractive thing for UFOs. That's why this town had had so many sightings for something underneath that lake. I don't know what so it maybe, is. Obviously. Maybe wherever was building it, if it's not a traditional alien ship, as one would expect with UFOs, maybe it was a human creation maybe building built in the research center or under the lake or something. Who, who, knows? who, knows? who knows? You know who what I mean? But we're all like freaking out. It's sitting there and then it just disappeared. Like it is amazing second, to me that they it, always it look gone. the same. You always hear the same yeah. description. They always have this, you know, circular thing. Like you see in this graphic over here with a light in the middle. It's just Sometimes like that. People get hot, you know, right. get pulled up and I guess probed in it or whatever the situation was. Right. But it's amazing to me that it's been the same picture since the 1950s like the same okay. image. So it makes me sometimes a little skeptical about UFOs. I'm not a big believer that the aliens are here. And for someone who's accused of being a conspiracy theorist, a lot of the time, I can say that this one, I just find just too far. And the fact that it could happen all at the same time is tricky for me. For me to think that Donald Trump, coronavirus and UFOs all arriving yeah. at the same time, that's too much going on for a, for a short period of time, plus climate change. But um, well, and yeah. And can I just say, I don't think it's aliens. I think mm -hmm. it's something that was developed at Area 51 or something that the Russians came up with, some different kind of propulsion that's sort of been, been under wraps for a long time, but needs.